the day of his coming and who shall stand when he appeareth who shall stand when he Abide, but who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? And who shall?
Good afternoon. My name is Reverend Peter Hyatt and I am the pastor of the Sanctuary downtown. As many of you know and as you can see, I am a very busy, important and powerful man. So I regret to inform you that due to some very important and high-level meetings here at the Capitol, I will be unable to join you for the traditional Christmas Eve festivities and frivolities. However, through some astounding advances in biblical archaeology and modern technology, which the layperson is unable to comprehend, I have acquired a unique and heretofore unrecognized witness to the Christmas event. Please be patient with him. He is slow and very, very, very old. His name is Simeon. He comes from Jerusalem around the time of zero. Well, time waits for no man, and so I must be off to my very busy, important, and powerful meetings. Merry Christmas. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The Lord, every male who first opens the womb, shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't had that much fun in years. You are a sweet thing. How old are you? 32, maybe? 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm slow. I'm, I'm so slow. I'm so slow. I'm so slow that it looks like I'm going backwards. <laughs> yeah. 90 BC, 89 BC, 88 BC. I was, I was born when time itself went backwards. I'm, I'm so old. My social security number is zero. <laughs> I'm so old. I'm so old that my birth certificate says expired. <laughs> I'm so old that if I were to act my age, I'd be dead. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Nice boy. I'm so old because the Word of God came to me one day and said, Simeon? And I said, what? And he said, you will not die until you see the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel. That was the Messiah. And we needed a consolation because we were repressed by, by Romans. In my day, a donkey was called an ass. Look it up, King James Version. An ass. And, and a tough guy who didn't take nothing from his donkey, he was called kick-ass. <laughs> and we were, we were waiting for a really kick-ass Messiah. I'm sorry to use the vernacular moms and dads, but I want you to understand what I mean. And, and I think most of you are waiting for the very same kind of Messiah. I mean, you think that your God is better than the next guy's God because your God can kick the next guy's God's donkey, right? And you're running and working so hard for fear that Messiah comes and you might get left behind. Or he might just kick you in the right behind. <laughs> so anyway, I stood in the temple for years, staring at the sky, waiting for Messiah. For we knew that the Lord whom we sought would suddenly come to his temple and kick some donkey. Originally, the presence of the Lord dwelt in a tent and moved about around with God's people. That's what the Lord God wanted. But King David talked him into a very nice stone temple, and it was awesome. It was absolutely immense. It was built on the spot that Abraham prepared to sacrifice his firstborn son, and the angel of Yahweh said, Stop! I have a ram for you. And the ram was a grown lamb, a substitute for his, for his son. On that spot, they built the temple. Inside the temple was the inner sanctuary where the glory of God rested on the Ark of the Covenant. 
that was like a wooden messenger of the covenant. When Solomon, son of David, dedicated the temple, fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifices and filled the temple with glory, so much glory that the Levites and the priests, they could not even stand. In my day, however, we were hurting for glory. They lost the ark. How do you do that? I don't know. They lost the ark, and several people said that the glory had departed from the temple and the priests. They didn't have much trouble standing at all. Now, you may be wondering, what did the priests do with their time? My pastor, he only works on Sunday. What did the priests do with all their time? Mostly, they killed stuff and burned stuff. It's called sacrifice. People would lay their hand on an animal like a lamb, and then that animal would be accepted in their place to make atonement, which means at one Nobody really knew how it worked. And it was pretty clear that it really didn't work. It was pointing to something else, because what would the Lord God Yahweh want with the blood of a lamb, for instance? That Passover, hundreds of thousands of lambs were slaughtered, like the lambs that were slaughtered in, in Egypt in place of the firstborn sons of, of Israel. The blood from the Passover sacrifice the amount of blood was so great that it literally formed like a fountain or a river that flowed from the Temple Mount down into the Valley of Gehenna and on into the Dead Sea. Because of Passover, every firstborn son was to be presented in the Temple. And whenever any child was born, sacrifices were to be made at the Temple. First, a, a sin offering... A sin offering took away, the idea was it took away sin, what God did not want. And secondly, a burnt offering, which was the gift that God required, what God did want. The sin offering was a bird, and the burnt offering was a spotless lamb. As, as if every child cost something and still required something to be completed in God's image, and that something was a lamb. Now, if a couple was very poor, for instance, they were allowed to sacrifice uh, two pigeons instead of a pigeon and a lamb. The sacrifices were offered to the fire, for our God is a consuming fire. Fire, smoke, blood, and me in the temple every day. And I got to tell you, I was usually afraid. They say that fear is the beginning of, of wisdom, and I was afraid, never at peace, always running. I, I, uh, was I running from God or to God? I, I wasn't exactly sure. Fire in the temple and the fire that burned in me because I was a prophet. So the Word of God burned in my bones like a fire. 
I scared people. I scared me. The word of God in me scared me, like 20 million volts of electricity coursing through a little copper wire that was me. And I didn't know what it meant. I just knew that if I didn't speak it, I'd blow up. And actually, I, I didn't usually speak it. I sang it. Helped everybody to relax a little bit and remember their words. And actually, the words went original with me. Isaiah, Malachi, Psalms. I put it all to these snappy tunes. Every valley, every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill made low. And the glory, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Boom, boom, boom. Who is the King of glory? Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord strong and mighty, and mighty in battle. <laughs> I was awesome. <laughs> I was important and I was powerful and I was kind of, kind of full of myself and, and usually afraid. And the Lord, whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. <laughs> Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Boom, boom. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a refiner's fire. And who can stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire. And who can stand when he appeareth? <laughs> no doubt. He would be a kick-butt messiah. <laughs> but I wondered exactly whose butts would he be kicking? Roman? Jew? Levite? Priest? For who can stand when he appeareth? And he shall purify, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness, in righteousness. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, 
And then I would add a little thing of my own just to top it off, something original with me. Alleluia, alleluia. You know this one? Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Yeah, awesome. I, I called my little prophetic and musical ensemble the Messiah. <laughs> anyway, I was an important and powerful prophet in the temple of God, a, a big shot like your pastor in the capital of Colorado. For years and years, I, I sang and prophesied, sang and prophesied, sang and prophesied, sang and prophesied, and he did not come. I was running out of steam. I was tired, almost nothing. I felt like I was counting down to zero. Four, three, two BC, one BC. I would have quit and found another profession, but what would I do? Drive a camel? <laughs> Long about zero, I was just totally washed up. I was so slow and so old and so didn't mean to look at you when I said old, ma'am. Yeah. I was so tired and so old, and you're beautiful. I was so tired and so old and so weak, <laughs> but I was. I was so poor in spirit and so mournful and so meek. I was like the last and the least of these. They said that I was mentally ill, that old Simeon had issues. I was at the end of myself when the Spirit said to me one day, blessed are you, Simeon, blessed. Now, get up off your donkey and go to the temple because today is the day. So I went and I waited and I, I worried. I was checking the Messiah, uh, checking for Messiah, checking the clouds for, for Messiah, coming on the clouds of heaven with glory when the Holy Spirit said unto me, there he is. I look up, I gasp, and, and I say, where, O Lord? And he said, over there, O Simeon. And I said, What? Behind the pitiful poor little peasant family, O oh Lord? And he said, no, in the pitiful poor little peasant family, O oh Simeon. And I said, the baby, O oh Lord? And he said, yeah, O oh Simeon. Now, it's very hard for me to explain to you what happened next. Because it was an apocalypse in me, a revelation my therapist calls it a paradigm shift. <laughs> everything remained the same and that everything changed. Everything old became new. Like uh, this picture, you know this picture? See, uh, see the old lady? See, see her nose and her eye? And her necklace. Psh. See the young lady? 
her chin, see her chin, and the cute little button nose and the eyelash and the bottom of her ear and, and her necklace. It was like the whole world was a tired old lady. And God said, but look, Simeon, my bride coming down. Paradigm shift. Like this picture, the New York Marathon. Everybody's running, see, running, running, running in the direction of the finish line. But now imagine if the king of the marathon, the judge of the marathon, said, hey, all you people down there, you have believed a lie. The finish line is not up here in front of you. The finish line is down here behind you. <laughs> Paradigm shift. <laughs> and the last would be first, and the first would be last. You see, all this time, I thought that God was saying, try harder, run faster. But he was really saying, you're running in the wrong direction. The entire world is running to be first and best. But I'm calling you to be last and least, Simeon. The entire world is seeking to save their life, but I'm calling you to lose your life. You see, it wasn't just that the king of glory chose to be born as a weak little baby to a poor peasant family who placed him in a food trough in a barn around stinky shepherds. No, that wasn't, that wasn't it. Not just that. But it was what I saw next. I'll tell you. Brace yourself. Grab onto the seat. Are you ready? I watched the young couple as they walk up to the priest and they hand him two pigeons. Say it again. They hand him two pigeons. <gasps> Maybe you thought what I thought. All at once I thought, why, why sacrifice for the sinless Messiah? Unless he's like taking somebody else's sin. And simultaneously, I, I, I thought these poor people, they can't even afford a, a lamb. And how ironical, because maybe he is a lamb. Maybe he's the lamb. For simultaneously, I thought of Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all when he made his soul, his life, a sacrifice for sin. And simultaneously, I think of Abraham's lamb and I, and I, and I, and I, and I think of the Passover lambs and I think of the firstborn and simultaneously I thought of Zechariah 12. They will look on me. They will look on me, saith the Lord, the one whom they have pierced. On that day a fountain like a river will be opened to cleanse them from sin. Paradigm shift. I foresaw his death. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because he wants to. Paradigm shift. Well, the entire world and everyone in it is running after being powerful and important and first and best. Here's God running after last and least. Well, the whole world sought to save their life. 
Yahweh set everything up so that he could give his life. In an instant, I saw it. I saw him. God. God is love. And love was kicking my butt. Kicking everybody's butt. For all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone running his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He is the sacrifice to end all sacrifice. Or maybe the sacrifice to begin all sacrifice. Because think about it. True love is the perfect sacrifice. When only one sacrifice, it looks like that, a cross. When two sacrifice, what does it look like? A great marriage. When everybody sacrifice, hello, welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Well, just then I heard the Spirit say, Behold, Simeon, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And the sword will pierce the young mother's heart as well so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. The child is love in the flesh. And the child is judgment. For love runs in the opposite direction of this world. The world runs for power. Love runs for weakness. The world runs for importance. Love runs for meekness. The world runs for temples and capitals and resort hotels and, and love runs to tents. And mangers, and slums, and Calcutta, and bridges, and Denver. The world runs from fear. Love turns around, runs into fear, and casts it out. Love in flesh, lifted up on a cross, and pierced for the sins of the whole world is good news of great joy for all people and the sign that is opposed. Look at the, the picture. See, if you were running in the opposite direction, if someone was running in the opposite direction, he would be a sign that is opposed. And if he was yelling, the finish line is not in front of you. The finish line is behind you. Well, that would be good news for these people. <laughs> the last and the, and the least. Because suddenly they would be the first and the best. It would be good news for the, 
for shepherds and fishermen and tax collectors and sinners, people that knew that they were, they were losing the race. But for these people, important people and powerful people, self-righteous people, it might not sound like such good news, but it would be good news. For if you're running the wrong direction, you will never reach the finish line no matter how hard you try. In fact, the gooder that you run, the badder that you are. And the harder that you try, the behinder that you get. And the more that you would resent the sign. In that case, the very best gift for you might be to run yourself out until you were tired and old and almost nothing, and then you might be ready to see the sign and to be grateful. A man was running west to the village at sunset, and the rabbi said to him, Why are you running? And the man said, I'm, I'm running after the sunlight. And the rabbi said to him, silly man, you can't catch the sun. However, if you turn around and face the east, the sun will catch you. The sun of righteousness will rise upon you with healing in his wings. You don't even have to run. Just turn around. Christmas means that the whole world is running in the wrong direction. And you see, for tired old me in zero BC, <laughs> that was finally good news. The Spirit of God revealed these things to me and said, now, Simeon, go say hi. And so, trembling and shaking, I I walk over, tap the young mother on the shoulder. She turns around, smiles, and hands me the baby. And I had a vision. I, I used to think that, that the vision wasn't very real, but now I know the vision is real, and this whole world is unreal. I saw fire all around me. The temple was on fire. I saw Romans burning it and plowing it into the ground. And I saw a man lifted up and nailed to a, to a cross, pierced, and fire flowed from his wounds like a fountain. And fire was on people. Uh, people in the temple were on fire, and they, and they could not stand instinctively. I, I took the baby, and I held the baby close to myself, and I cried out, God save us, Jesus. You know, that's what the name means, God save. I cried out, Jesus, and I, I looked down at the baby, and he opened his eyes, and he looked me full in the face, and he smiled. Now, by this time, my entire body was engulfed in flames. But I look at the baby, and the baby was unharmed. In fact, the flames were coming from the baby. His glory had set me on fire. Our God is a consuming fire. 
And our God is love. Love is fire. And so far from being afraid, I was overwhelmed with gratitude and tears of joy. Everything that I had tried to change in myself, even the trying, was now being burned away by this fiery mercy. And all my waiting, watching, yearning, longing, God had just prepared me to receive this fire with joy rather than to run in terror. You, you see, I was tired of my once important and powerful self. I had become my own prison. But now, the stone temple of my heart, that prison was under siege. This whole time that I was burning and weeping, he stared at me with those big, beautiful, clear baby eyes, smiling in perfect joy. He liked me. He knew me. Actually, he, he adored me. And every valley was exalted. Every mountain and hill laid low. And the glory, the glory of the Lord was revealed. I saw, I saw it. I saw him who, 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 who is love. And then the everlasting doors of my heart flung open. And the Lord whom I sought suddenly came to his temple. I am his temple. <laughs> and who can stand when he appeareth? Not the important, not the powerful, not the stone temple, but Simeon. Old Simeon. For the refiner's fire had purified me, then I might receive him and offer unto him an offering in righteousness. You see, the Lord sacrificed and offered himself to me. And so I sacrificed and offered myself to him and we communed as one in ecstasy. Alleluia, alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. All my waiting had made space for his coming. All my disobedience revealed his mercy. All my afflictions, issues, prepared me for his immeasurable weight of glory himself. Emptied of me, I was filled with him. And in that moment, in that moment, everything old became new. They say time waits for no man. Well, all of space and time serves this man. Serves. Uh, to reveal him, the Lamb, upon the throne of God, the love of God poured out 
for you. So everything old became new. And the I became new. I was not a tired old man. I, I, I was not the old woman. I, Simeon, was the incorruptible, eternal, glorious bride of Christ the Messiah. Paradigm shift. I am the temple. <laughs> oh, then, I had to hand the baby back to the little mother. And the vision ceased. And I said this. I exclaimed it. I yelled it out in the temple. I, I yelled, now I can die. Now I can die. For I have seen the Lord's salvation. He came home to me and I was more than ready to go home to him. Now I can die. For I have seen the Lord's salvation. You are on this planet for one reason, to see the Lord's salvation. So lift up your heads, open the doors of your hearts, and let the King of glory come in. You are his sanctuary. Merry Christmas. And so, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, which was the day that he was crucified, the beginning of that day, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat and do it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper and having given thanks, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you. You see, this is the Lord's salvation. This is the sacrifice. This is the judgment. This is the fire. This is the glory. This is the love of God poured out and revealed unto you, and this could be Christmas in you tonight. The presence of Jesus in you. Now, maybe you feel unimportant or powerless. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, but you don't understand. I am washed up like Simeon. Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, worse than that, I'm, I'm dirty. I'm dirty and I'm empty. Yeah. Like a manger in a barn. Blessed are you. 
for you are incredibly attractive to the Lord, for that is the kind of place, exactly the kind of place where he loves to be born. And so if you want him, just pray this prayer with me. In fact, let's all pray it together because I think we can pray it every day, okay? I mean, you can just say it out loud after me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today and every day. Amen. And then come with the rest of us to the Lord's table. If you don't want to, that's all right. You can just stand at the end of the aisle or say no thanks when you walk by. But if you want him, um, and no matter what, he wants you, tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, the dark cups are wine, the light cups are juice. They're both the, the love of God for you. It's a mystery, but he inhabits this in some way. Take the blood, dip it in the, in the wine, and then let the Lord suddenly come to his temple and worship him. He really does adore you. Let's worship and adore him. And so he is the perfect sacrifice. He is the salvation of the Lord. He is the judgment. He is the fire. He is the glory. He is the light of the world. And you are his temple. That's good news, by the way. <laughs> Believe it in Jesus' name. And Merry Christmas.